Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome into the fourth episode of the so-called Battle Spirits podcast. My name is Costa, and I'm your host, as usual. And today, we will be talking about um, aggro, how to play aggro in Battle Spirits Saga, what the decks are. Um, I'm planning to go through them color by color. Yeah, and we'll talk about the decks, the key cards that are in there, what they do, and how you should go about playing it and playing against it. Um, before we start, I'd just like to say um, that if you want to hear any changes in the podcast, if you want me to have you know, any visitors like a co-host or any specific topics that you want me to go over, please hit me up um, on Twitter, um, send me a DM or something, um, just be like, yo, this is boring as, do this instead, and I'll be like, nice, and I'll do that. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. So why should you bother to play aggro over combo or control? So what even is aggro? Comparing to control, which we've talked about before, instead of trying to add value your opponent over many turns, what you're trying to do is finish the game as fast as possible. Um, so you play super aggressively, attacking as often as you can with many smaller spirits, maybe higher damage, maybe you um, you swing with unblockable creatures, maybe you do damage straight to the opponent with um, spells and that, that sort of thing, uh, maybe unsuspending your spirits so you can attack multiple times. All those sort of things are the aggro playstyle. Um, it doesn't really try to go for late because it doesn't have um, much scaling, as you say, quote unquote, in trading card games. Um, and it also usually lacks um, value engines. Um, but the best, in my opinion, the best combo, uh, sorry, aggro, aggro decks have some sort of value engines in them. And the first one that we're going to start with does actually have one, and it's yellow two cost rush. So what does this deck entail? It is a yellow deck with a bunch of, you guessed it, two cost spirits that aims to go super wide with a bunch of little small guys and swing for game. And then if it gets to about the mid game, you use um, one of the boss monsters called God Beast, um, Behemoth God Beast, however you say it, um, that makes all your little dudes unblockable. So you pretty much just swing for game. Every single turn you try to do that and end the game as fast as you can so you don't lose to late game white and red Nova that wipes your board and that sort of thing. So, why bother to play this deck? A few reasons. Um, one, if you like aggro, but that's the same as every other deck that we're going to talk about today, so don't worry about that. The main reason, in my opinion, is if you're coming into Battle Spirits and you want something cheap and something to, you know, be still competitive, competitive and be competitively viable, it's a great option because it's a structure deck. So Tukos Rush is out of the Fable Beast yellow structure deck thing. I don't remember the official name for the yellow structure deck. But um, a lot of the main spirits and cards that you want in that strategy come from that deck. So Freezer Tool, Prince Penton, if you want to play Pegasaurus as well, comes from that deck. Drowsy Fumes comes from that deck. Soap Bubble Lakeside. Um, obviously, these names don't really mean anything right now, but I'll go through them as we talk about the deck. But a, a major part of the deck is found in the structure deck, which is you know an amazing thing for new players specifically. Um, and the deck isn't too hard to pilot. Um, a lot of the times, aggro decks aren't. Let's just <laughs> let's just be real. But um, it, it does have a high ceiling, um, in my opinion. So low floor, high ceiling. And yeah, it, it's a really, really fun deck to play. So some of the key spirits that I'd like to go through is Freezer Tool, which is a two-cost um, spirit that says... The, the attacks and levels aren't really too relevant in this specific spirit, but it says um, that if a two-cost spirit will die in battle, 
um, you can draw a card. Not once per turn, and it counts itself as well. So it's a really, really fundamental spirit for getting your card draw going because you run out of gas super, super fast. Um, because you're playing spirits every turn, you're playing multiple, um, you're using all your cores pretty much. So you really need to cycle through and you know get some card draw going. Another really important card from the structure deck is Prince Penton. Um, I wouldn't say this is as important as physical, but I do love playing it, and I think my girlfriend likes it too because there's a bit of a RNG element to it. Um, it is a two-cost spirit that says when summoned, you can look at the top card of your deck, and if it's two-cost um, or less, I think, but there's no one-cost card, so it doesn't really matter. If it's two-cost, you can um, add it to your hand. So that happens on summon, so if you summon it from the grave with Avatar, um, Avatar, Avat, I don't really know how to say that card, if you summon it from the grave, um, it still gets that effect. So super, super good card. It replaces itself most of the time because you run close to 20 spirits um, that are two cost. In, in, in my deck, um, you know, a lot of decks will change um, their two cost numbers. Um, another specific card from the structure deck that I want to talk about, I want to cover the structure decks first and then the main set, is um, Drowsy Fumes. So this is a two cost spell, one reduction. Um, pretty much all the two costs have one reduction. Um, that says um main or flash you can uh reduce um your opponent's spirit by 2000 which is not that much but it comes in clutch in specific trades against white and in specific trades against um red who are probably going to be confronting you and all your small spirits are going to die um it's a really really good card and also it um it counts as your two cost card for prince penton that i mentioned earlier so if you prince penton and reveal the um, fumes you still add it even though it's not a spirit because it's a two cost card pretty good what else from the structure deck there is soap bubble lakeside which is a nexus that is four cost to reduction its first effect says um if a creature that costs three or less is destroyed um in the attack step you can reveal the top card of your deck if it is the exact same um cost as that spirit that died you can add it to your hand so if one of your three cost fable spirits dies um, and you reveal another one, you add it. If you one of your two cost dies and you reveal two cost, you add it. Level two, super, super important effect. Um, this is the main reason why you should consider maining this card or side it if you don't. It says level two, um, your opponent's spirits that have when this spirit blocks effects cannot block. This is super, super, super important against white because you're coming up against Odin who blocks and bounces your stuff. Um, you're coming up against a buffalo and bill, stuff like that. So now you need to make sure that when you're bursting white, um, that you cover it for all spirits. So that what that what I mean by that is elk and enterprise. Those spirits also have one of the spirit blocks effects, so they can't block um, if they're at that level. So yeah, the structure deck is pretty pretty good in my opinion. Alrighty, now uh, now let's move on to the main set for yellow. If you want to play two cost rush, um, I've got the card set next to me on the other monitor so you might be you might be hearing me scroll through it um, one of the best boys um, and the cutest boys for this deck is Penton um, he's wearing his cute little hat two cost one reduction um, level two or three reduce the cost of the first magic card you use each turn by one this is super 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 good um, the best Penton in my opinion that we have so far it's usable in pretty much every deck even if you're not playing yellow it makes all your magic that costs um, a certain amount and has that certain amount reduction minus one. So what I mean by that is three with two reduction or two with one reduction. It makes those free. Um, so which is absolutely amazing. You can bait your opponent by not having any cores available, 
swinging or blocking, and then you can use your drowsy fumes or your angelic pressure, which I'll talk about now. But yeah, Penton, super good boy. We love him. Angelic pressure. This is a, an extremely significantly valuable card in two cost rush, in my opinion. Three cost, two reduction, main flash, select one of your opponent's spirits, reduce it by 3,000. So similar to Drowsy Fumes, but this specific card outs um, Dragon Arc, which is the red cost card that makes it so that your two cost spirits cannot reduce life. So it is imperative that when you come, come up against red, you have that card in your main, because if you do not, you are not beating that matchup at all. Um, you can't get it through the early game because of Arc, and it's not letting you swing, and then in the late game, Nova's just going to out your whole board. So pressure is definitely at, at, at the minimum a two of. Um, I think in my partner's list, we were running two drowsy, two angelic pressure, and then siding the rest for if we come up against red. Um, but yeah, really, really consider running angelic pressure. It's a super good card. And then Blessed Cathedral, which is just stomping on any law in any trading card game that says that aggro deck shouldn't have a value engine this one has an amazing one probably the best value engine in the game in my opinion blessed cathedral is a nexus four cost one reduction during either attack step place a core from the void into your reserve one of your yellow spirits is destroyed and then level two the draw card when one of your yellow spirits is destroyed this is absolutely bonkers this nexus is drawing you cards it's replacing your spirits that are dying it is ramping you at the same time this is better ramp than white and better draw than red Eh, maybe not better than draw than red, but it's still pretty good. Um, yeah, if you're playing yellow, you should be maxing on this in regardless of what version of yellow you're playing. You're maxing, you, you start with full Blessed Cathedral. Um, yeah, super, super good card. Next card as I'm going through, God Beast Behemoth. Eight cost, six reduction. It has a bit of a, a special ability where you can use two cost uh, spirits in your trash for reduction as well. So... Pretty self-explanatory. Say, like, if you have four in the trash and two in the field, that's still six reduction. Um, he has um, level two and three. Your spirits that cost two cannot be blocked by your opponent's spirits um, that are level two or higher. So that's when that's a when attacking effect. Um, and it's what I said earlier. So you swim with him first, and all of your small dudes cannot be blocked by things that are level two or higher. And let's be honest, most things are going to be level two or higher because of um, additional effects that they may have. So if I'm playing white and I'm versing red, you better believe I'm going to have my Odin on level two to bounce stuff. And at that moment, I cannot block anymore. So Behemoth is a super good boy. He forces your opponent to either lose or put all your spirits at level one, which makes them really um, vulnerable to removal and to being beaten in battle and that sort of thing. Um, there are a few other little spirits that you can, you know, add in. Um, you can think about running Alice as well, but I just want to talk about the mandatory things. Um, mandatory spell, Royal Potion. Um, I've seen a couple of lists not run this. I do not know why. Um, this is a five cost through reduction card, so a little bit expensive for a load of the ground deck. It says main flash, refresh all your spirits that cost two. So that's pretty much how you end most games. Um, mm, no. You end most games just by rushing your opponent down, but there are times where you know your opponent is on a specific life point and you just can't get there. And if you don't get there that specific turn, you're losing the game. Um, Royal Potion just helps you get there. It also helps you um, just just live. Um, a lot of the times, the problem with swinging with all your two cost rush spirits is that you don't have any blockers and you might die on the crackback. 
um, say, for example, if there's an absolute eye shield or something. This helps you um, refresh even on your opponent's attack step. So even if you get eye shielded, you can't really respond. Uh, too bad, you can keep your oil potion in your hand. Um, when your opponent goes to kill you, you just roll a potion, refresh all your dudes, and block. Pretty, pretty like super, super good. Um, and a lot of the times, you you will have three reductions. So you're playing this for two. If you have a penton, you're playing this for one. It's it's pretty good. Taladrius, the chicken, the doctor chicken. Love this card. Says uh, it's two cost, one reduction, as most of these cards are. It says level two luster. Um, so. We're playing this because it's a level two card, but last day is really, really useful. So if you're using your drowsy fumes or your angelic pressure uh, while this card is level two in the flash step, you can get them back if this survives. So it's really, really good. Um, because of this card specifically, you may want to think about running Gleam of Hope, which is a three cost two reduction that says flash, um, give a thousand and draw a card. Um, I personally don't think that's worth running, um, and I didn't. We didn't run that in my partner's list, but my friend Royce is running Gleam of Hope, and he does come up in our testing quite a lot, um, just to help deck thin a little bit. So that is pretty much the mandatory things I would say. Um, um, there's not much to talk about side deck specifically, um, other than Heaven Blade Dragon Ryute. This is a four cost to reduction spirit. Um, it has level one, two, three during either main step. Um, cards that would be placed to either player's life are placed onto this spirit instead. And levels two and three, your spirits cannot be returned to your hand or deck by your opponent's effects. So why are we running this spirit? Um, pretty much, you can kind of tell why. Um, it's pretty much just for Nova. Um, if you can predict your opponent is going for a Nova, like if they've just played Seagwim that turn and passed, or um, you know they've got two life and maybe they've got a big bang in hand, that sort of thing, you can play this guy down. And if they're Nova, they can't use the Nova effect. Technically they can, but they can't regain that life. Um, it'll go on to Ryute instead. So pretty good. It's also kind of good against white um, because it stops um, your spirits from getting bounced. Um, I don't know about that. That's a bit too much. Um, mainly because you have to play this for two and then put two more cores on it to make it level two to stop the bouncing. Um, that doesn't sound like a lot, but in a two cost rush deck where you're trying to go wide, it kind of is. Um, just to stop maybe one block, um, sorry, one bounce, not really that worth. And this spirit doesn't gain pretty much any power as you level it up. It only goes to 3K on level two and 4K on level three. It's really embarrassing. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely something to think about. Alrighty, let's talk a bit about matchups, how to play um, the deck and how to play against it. So um, I would say all around this deck has a bunch of average matchups. Um, into white, it's pretty good in my opinion. Um, if you can high roll your opponent, which most of the time you can, just go super wide. There's a chance that they'll draw Pegasion, um, but in that chance you can try and bait it and out it with your angelic pressures because it's only um, a red, um, red purple. And a lot of white um, decks aren't really running Odin, or they're running two or three. Um, I was running four, which is what saved me against this deck, but a lot of a lot of decks aren't. So the white matchup is pretty good early game. Obviously, it's abysmal late game, but pretty good early game, especially with Soap Bubble Leg side in the side deck. Purple matchup is it's okay. Um, unfortunately, if you you have you really have to play around the core drain early game, 
And then if you make it to the late game, you're pretty much getting board wiped no matter what, because the Infernal King back of his combo is super strong against this deck. It's wiping your entire board in the main phase, so none of your things are proccing. Your freezer tools aren't drawing, your cathedrals aren't drawing. You've pretty much just lost the game. That being said, early game, um, a lot of purple lists are starting to play a lot slower because of the meta being mostly red and white and purple. So they start out with um, nexuses, and that's the best for you because you want to go second. So um, you choose to go second, they may start with a nexus and you play two dudes, swing, they're, all of a sudden they're at three life. If they don't have any spirits to play, which sometimes they will not, then you kill them the next turn. You play a couple more spirits and it's over. Um, but yeah, like I said, if that doesn't happen, you're losing. <laughs> it's it's pretty much the, the same pattern for most things. If you don't win the early game, you're losing the late game. But most of the time, you are winning the early game. It, it's why this deck is built. Um, and to be honest, rush decks and aggro decks are starting to become a bit more successful because a lot of people are playing control and into control, it's really, really good. So that's white, it was purple. Um, the mirror is just like every other mirror. Uh, pretty much whoever goes second or whoever hits cathedral first, in my opinion, um, is kind of the winner. Um, you just need to add value your opponent in the mirror. Going late in the mirror is actually not that bad um, because the, the god beast unblockable doesn't make a difference because all your spirits are gonna be level one anyway. So yeah, it, yeah, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Now red. Red is super doomed, in my opinion. Unless you play Angelic Pressure, one. Unless you play Super Aggressive, two. And unless you know the red decks off by heart through and through, it's really, really tough. Um, Arc makes it super tough. All the Confront Spirits makes it super tough. And if you get to late game, Nova's gonna blow up your board every single turn. So what can you do about that? So for Arc, you can play Pressure. You can play Drazi Fumes to out the Arc so you can swing early. You can be extra aggressive so that your opponent has to block instead of confront. So what I mean by that is if they play um, the bear or if they play the parasaur and you know they're going to confront you the next turn, it kind of forces you to attack, which in most decks kind of sucks, but in your deck it doesn't because you're fine to lose that spirit there than to lose it in their turn when they have more control over the BP and that sort of thing. Another thing that is really, really important to think about and try out I haven't playtested it personally um, with my partner, but we're, we're going to give it a go, is to side Enterprise. So the only reason people are doing that is to play around Nova. Enterprise doesn't do anything against the Inferno King Baculus combo. I just wanted to you know, put that out there. It's specifically for Nova, and it's specifically for the board wipe. So what the plan is, you make it to the late game, you play as you do normally, and you prioritize your cathedrals, and you use once you hit the threshold, which is eight to play the enterprise and four to keep it on hold. So 12, you need 12 cores to get this going, which is a lot. But once you get that on the board, um, all your spirits have armor red and they can't be deleted anymore, which is Seth's Kish. It's exactly what this deck needed in that matchup. It's only useful in the side deck though. Do not main enterprise just for the red matchup. It is not worth it. It is way too expensive. Half the time, you're not even going to get there unless you play for it. And if you do play for it, you're probably playing too slow to, like, in the first place for two cost rush. But it is something to consider, and it is something I'm planning to try with my partner in the next couple of days when we test with our friend Royce. But yeah, that should be everything about two cost rush. Um, 
how to play against it. Well, let's talk about how to play it first. It's pretty self-explanatory. You go as wide as you can, prioritize your draw and your ramp effects and try to get your opponent killed. Playing against it is tough. Um, it's sort of dependent on what you're playing and how you open. You really, really want to get to the late game. So if you have to cop maybe one or two life just to get there faster, it's okay. As long as you drop, as long as you don't drop to less than two, which is one, obviously, um, because of absolute eye shield. So uh, uh, the biggest counter to this sort of deck is absolute eye shield because it just ends the step and it doesn't really matter how many attackers you have if none of them are swinging for more than one life because you're just going to end the step and deal with them on your turn. Things like Burning Force are really good. Things like um, the Netherworld Depths are really good. It's probably drawing you like eight cards every game that you're playing against yellow. Just drop my pen again. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a other another couple of things you can do against yellow. Um, if you've got any ideas, um, I'll put a poll of how to play against aggro, but yeah, a lot of it is straightforward. But let's move on to white aggro, which is very funny. Alrighty, so white aggro, what is it and why is it special? So similarly to yellow aggro, or two cost rush, it pretty much is just an aggro deck like we just said. The difference is that instead of focusing on um, low cost spirits to you know go wide and kill your opponent that way, it focuses on I would say medium costed spirits that are vanillas and are able to attack and defend at the same time. So what do I mean by that? I'd like to first start with the structure deck, which is pretty much what the strategy is surrounded with. Um, it surrounds itself with the nexus called Spring of Norn. It's a three cost to reduction nexus that says, um, during opponent's attack step, at the start of the step, select one of your spirits with no effects listed and refresh it. Level 2, at the start of the opponent's attack step, refresh all of your spirits with no effects listed. So what does that mean? It's pretty self-explanatory, pretty much. You swing with all your vanillas, and then at the start of the step, your opponent's attack step, you refresh all of them. So it makes you not be afraid to attack um, and die to the crackback, because in the crackback you'll have all your blockers back up again. Super interesting. So it uses a lot of thick vanilla boys. Um, most of them are white, but it, I think I have seen some some lists use, um, you know, non-white spirits. So the thing with vanillas is that they are super, super thick most of the time, really easy to level up and relatively cheap. So from the structure deck, people would use um, Sea Beast Dugong, three cost to reduction. It goes up to 6K with three cores. Um, they will use Mobile Golem, which is a four cost to reduction that goes up to 7K with three costs, which is ab like a absolutely bonkers numbers for a vanilla. Um, and then I think I've seen some lists use Mecha Wing Duck, which is a one cost, one reduction. Um, when something bounces in your opponent's attack, attack step, you gain a core from the void, which is pretty, pretty good. Um, in regards to the rest of the structure deck, they don't actually use that much. Some lists may use Dream Bomb. Um, obviously, Dream Bomb, good card, bounces stuff. Um, other, I've seen some lists use Heaven Piercing Castle for the draw, but... I think the best way to build this deck is just to focus on the spirits and go as wide as you possibly can and swing as often as you can. So there's not that much to talk about in the structure deck, but I would like to move to the main set and talk about, you know, what other cards could be in this deck. Alrighty, what can we play from the main set? Um, so pretty much every vanilla that is a vanilla, so regardless of the color, it doesn't really care. Spring and Mon does not care about colors, it just unsuspends everything. Um, in regards to white though, Automatic Gunner and Satellite Falcon. 
both have the mechas, they're both free. They're both one cost one reduction, two cost two reduction. So free vanillas is obviously better than non-free vanillas, and that's why people play a lot of white cards. Um, another card you can possibly think about is um, Emperor Dore. Em Emperor Dore, I think that's how you say that card. It's pretty much just a better version of Mobile Golem. Um, instead of going up to seven, it goes up to nine. So a lot better if you want to punch over. Usually wouldn't matter as much for white, but you can p punch over a lot of red and purple things with it. Um, another thing you can think about is Dream Blizzard. This is a four cost two reduction card, so you can probably play it for two. That says main return all nexus to their owner, owner's hand. Um, it also has flash, select one spirit again, 3k. We don't really care about that. Um, so why that's good is because if you're playing an aggro deck, you have a really big issue against um, Netherworld Depths because for every swing you do, you're giving your opponent the chance to see that ice shield, see that dream bomb, see that burning force to stop your attack. So the Dream Blizzard, before your attack, you play the Dream Blizzard, bounce everything, then you don't care anymore. You go for your, your kill turn. Um, anything else? Not really. Raccoon Guard is like, okay, three cost, two reduction goes up to 5k for two. Um, but you might as well just play Bullet Ray, which is two cost, one reduction, and it goes for 5k for two. So you're only paying one for this earlier than you're um, playing Raccoon Guard. Um, yep, you can think about playing Forest of Steel Leaves. That's the four cost, two reduction that protects your nexuses. Um, honestly, Spring of Norm is important, but it's only important for the fact that it's stopping your opponent from killing you back. At the end of the day, you're still an aggro deck. If your Spring of Norm dies and your opponent doesn't kill you, you don't care you're killing him that turn, you, or you're trying your best to do so. So unless you know your opponent is playing like four burning forces and he's got Andromeda's in there, um, then you play Steel Leaves. But yeah, I guess it's, it's for the side, in my opinion. But the, the star of the deck, it's not even a spirit, it is Regain, which is a magic. Four cost, three reductions, so you're pretty much always pl playing this for one. Um, main flash, select one of your opponent's spirits, sorry, select one of your spirits that is not currently attacking and refresh it. So obviously this is good at defending, um, but we already have Spring Norm for that, so we don't really mind. What we use this for is for our kill turn. So you spend the game swinging a couple spirits here and there, maybe you lose some bodies, it's okay. The turn that you want to end it, you're planning to have maybe three spirits on the field, two or three regains in hand, and then you go nuts. You start swinging, um, you know, maybe they block, maybe they don't, then you swing with the other thing, regain, refresh the first one, uh, swing again, regain, uh, refresh the guy that just swung, um, pretty much do that and you get six attacks out of um, three spirits, which is pretty good. Um, for an like an early game aggro deck, especially when you can play this card for one each time, unless you lose the bodies, obviously, but you know we don't really care about that. Also remember, while these bodies are attacking, they are vanilla, so they're probably going to be like nine thousand like strength bodies, like really thick dudes who are probably not going to die just to battle, um, because it's still going to be early game. So pros and cons. Um, I'd like to first compare it to two cost rush so unlike two cost rush there is no inherent um card draw or core ramp that this deck can play um which sucks really really hard so if you run out of steam and you haven't you know done anything to your opponent it's game over regardless whereas in yellow um it's harder to run out of steam because you're playing that cathedral you've got them freezer tools that sort of thing so this deck is actually a little bit harder to pilot than two cost rush i would say because you really have to be careful with your resources and how you go about um how you go about swinging at your opponent 
Other than that, the pros of this deck are obviously vanillas, super, super thick, um, pretty much punching over everything. Um, and that's pretty much it. In my opinion, this is the worst out of all the aggro decks, but it's definitely the coolest in my opinion, um, just because you rarely ever see vanilla decks running around anywhere doing anything. Um, but I've seen people post that they've done really well. Um, and there was a list that Roy showed me the other day um, I don't actually exactly remember what was special about it. I think they weren't even playing Spring of Norn. They just went super hard on all the spirits um, and just, you know, went crazy just with full spirit beatdown. Um, and if that works, it works. But yeah, um, in regards to matchups, it's similar to Yellow, except this deck completely smacks Yellow, like completely destroys it. Um, yeah. Or, or just because of Spring of Norm. Um, unfortunately, Yellow doesn't play any Nexus removal in the main deck. So game one, if you don't die turn two, you, like you're pretty much winning turns three to five, and fives to late, um, Yellow's winning again because of God Beast and that sort of thing, and Alice popping all your stuff. But in the early to mid game-ish, um, the vanilla deck definitely has the upper hand. Against purple, it's also pretty good, in my opinion, early game, um, because all your vanillas are obviously thick, and to make them thicker, you're putting a lot of cores on them. So, for example, the Emperor door goes to 9k for 6 cores, they're not going to be able to drain that many cores, unless they have Back of this Inferno King, but that's late game, so you would have you already lost by that point. So, it's actually pretty good. Um, unfortunately, Curse does really hurt this deck. Um, it hurts white, like, regardless of what specific version of what you're playing and you know most of these white vanilla spirits are white so yeah look you can't really do much about curse it's just is what it is um and red is okay um the nova board wipe does not matter that much <clears throat> excuse me um because they're usually just deleting one spirit because all of them are like 7k 8k 9k spirits um so you're not getting board wiped um you're also not really doing that well in the late game. You shouldn't really try and go that far in um, because they have Confront and a bunch of Nexuses that boost their BP. So even though your BP is higher, you're never winning the late game against them. You are winning the early and mid game because all your BP is beating the Confront dudes. It's beating the early game Sigworms and the early game Andromeda's. Um, so yeah, if you go aggressively early enough, then you're probably beating red in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that is white aggro or vanilla aggro, whatever you want to call it. And let's move on to our red aggro. Alrighty. Um, now, red aggro probably has a special place in everyone's hearts. Um, everyone that has been playing the game since, you know, its early days, which it still is early days, I guess. Um, it hasn't even released yet. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I've been playing the game for so long. Um, anyway. So it's got a special place because every almost every card in a red aggro deck comes from the demo decks that they handed out for free ages ago. And most of those cards are in the red structure anyway, so you can buy the red structure and be able to play red aggro. Um, but yeah, a lot of the people that got the demo decks pretty much got this deck for free. So how does the deck play? It sort of plays like a mixture between Tukos Rush and um, white vanilla aggro. So it does have vanillas, which are pretty big and level up for cheap. And it does have low cost spirits that go wide for cheap. Um, so it kind of has the best of both worlds-ish. Um, it also has the the best late game out of all of them um, because it's got access to the white late game spirit. So if you're playing red aggro, you can still play the Seagwim Nova combo. You can still play your, your Terra Novas and stuff like that. I'm not going to talk about them. Um, I'll leave that for combo episode. Um, but 
those are options for this sort of deck. So starting with the structure deck, like we always do, these decks sort of play things like Rain Needle, one cost one reduction goes up to 4k, Blade Dino Parasaur, four cost two reduction. Blazing Boar is a really good card for this deck. It recycles all your red spirits. Well, it, on some it recycles one, um, but it can be any, any red spirit. Dragron Trooper, two cost two reduction. Dragon Captain, 3 cost 2 reduction, all those super cheap spirits um, from the demo deck and the structure deck are in there. Um, it also plays Scorch Battlefield for that extra 1k and that draw power, and it also plays Charge Draw, which is 4 cost 2 reduction, draw 2, so play it for 2, draw 2, pretty good. That's pretty much all it uses from the structure deck and the demo deck. Um, there, like, there are other things like Dragonlord Shock Trooper, um, Moonbrow Dragon, Quicksand Dragon, that sort of thing, they're not very good. Um, a lot of the other things that they use is from the main set, which I'll go into now. So, things that I've seen run and for people to consider running is a lot of things from <laughs> Red, let's be honest. Um, Nebula Dragon, 6 cost, 3 reduction. Um, it is the one that level 2 has a Sulker on it and it swings. It swings for 2, which people need to be aware about because it catches people off guard all the time. Um, a lot of the early game... Terrasaur and Emperor Beast, so Oviraptodon, the one cost one reduction. Um, people can play Dilophosa, which is a, um, it can't block, but it's 8k at three cores for three cost two reduction. You can play this for one and give it three cores and it's 8k, it's bonkers. Um, Fierce Gorog, Horn Grizzly, like I said before, the bear, probably the best confront unit in the game. Um, things like Bearded Eagle, three cost three reduction, so it's free, goes up to 7k for free. Dynoman Tyranoid is another good one, 3 cost 2 reduction. Um, if it's if it's the only one, no, sorry, if it, if you have two or fewer spirits that you control, it goes up to um, level 3, which is 6k. Some really, really good stuff. Flamefish as well for removal. Um, this deck will play Volcanic Canyon to cycle faster. Um, this deck will play things like Starblast Draw for extra draw. It'll play Volcanic Break and Burning Force for removal. So... Compared to the previous two aggro decks, I would say this is red aggro is a lot more versatile. Just specifically because red just has every single thing you can ask for a, for a card, um, for a card game in a in a deck in a color. Sorry. So it's got the removal, um, it's got the card draw, it's got the big spirits, it's got the going wide. It pretty much is lacking absolutely nothing. Um, for late game, like I said, you can play you know your your Terra. Terra Nova, you can play, um, you can play Dino Rex, which is um, when it kills something. Um, sorry, when it when it attacks, you can kill something with 4k or less. Um, so yeah, you can even, you know, build this to be aggro, but scale a little bit into the late game, so you're not completely doomed against the late game decks. So, in my opinion, this deck is really really cool. Um, I think Red Aggro did really well in America. Um, I just dropped something again. Sorry about that. I always play with stuff in my hands and I just <laughs> I just fumble a lot. Anyway, um, I don't actually know card for card those lists. Um, probably if I ran out of stuff to talk about before tournament start, I'll probably go through those lists in the launch events if I get bored, maybe. <laughs> um, but I can't be bothered bringing them up now. But yeah, Red Aggro did really well in America, I think. It didn't do super well in Australia. Um, I think people were super prepared for, for Red in Australia. A lot of people were playing white. Um, which is the, you know, Red Hat just has a tough time, especially Red Aggro. But yeah, so pros and cons. <laughs> um, 
let's compare it to the last two. So pros, um, it has a better card draw than um, yellow, arguably. It has a more consistent card draw at least, so it's less dependent on your opponent removing your stuff. It has bigger bodies to an extent than vanilla, um, if you you know build it that way. If not, it still has pretty big bodies. Um, it can go fast and it can go slow. Um, it can go wider than white. Um, it can go taller than yellow. Um, the only thing it's lacking in regards to the other two aggro decks is it's lacking um, a defense. So a lot of these spirits will have like when attacking effects or they'll have confront, that sort of thing. So white does have that spring of norm where it can defend and yellow does have that um, their elixir that refreshes everything if you do need that sort of thing. But this deck does not. So if you do go for a kill turn and you don't win, um, you're probably losing. Um, but if you play it smart and correctly, you shouldn't have left your you know board completely open to that sort of thing. Um, yeah, this deck is pretty bonkers. Um, really, really helpful for new players. It's not very hard to play at all. Um, and it's got a really high ceiling. So if you know your matchups, you can do super well. Um, as unfortunate as it is, yellow, um, sorry, red is still a really, really busted and broken color. So we'll move on to the last one, which is purple aggro. Okay, so the final aggro deck that we're going to talk about is purple aggro, which uses pretty much just every purple good low cost card that exists. Um, starting with the structure deck, I'm going to go through a couple of the cards that people run. Um, so Dragonaga Assassin, three cost, one reduction. It has curse on level two and three, and level three, it has draw card if it has a soul core on it when it attacks. It's pretty good. Um, Second Snake, another good cheap one. Uh, if there's a soul core on it, um, it cannot be blocked with anything with only one core on it. It's like pretty, pretty okay. Uh, there's Mamira, which is four cost, one reduction, which is pretty expensive, but it drains um, something when summoned. Not bad. Um, Dark Knight Florence is another good one. Level two, it has Curse for two cost one reduction, so pretty good. Um, I've seen a couple purple aggroed lists play Skullfly, which is the purple two cost two reduction. Um, so the purple free card. Um, in regard to Nexuses, pretty much every purple list plays this, regardless of if it's aggro, control, whatever. Purple Smoke Valley, busted card. Draw card when um, your effects destroy your opponent's spirit by reducing its cost to zero. And it has level two. Your spirits with curse cannot be blocked by your opponent's spirits with only one core on them. Um, and then Core Drain, which is um, select one of your opponent's exhausted spirits, remove up to three cores from it and place it into their reserve. Three cores to reduction um, and it's in main phase. So from these cards, you can sort of tell um, what the you know purple aggro deck is trying to do. It's trying to go sort of wide, draw a little bit, um, and pretty much value, sorry, outvalue your opponent through curse mostly, which um, everyone knows, or if you don't know, is um, if one of your opponent's spirits blocks destroy it when the battle ends. So pretty much if you swing with something with curse and you, your opponent blocks, that thing will die at the end, um, regardless of battle points and that sort of thing. So it's pretty good. There's, um, the Pebble Structure deck, in my opinion, is one of the weakest ones. Um, so it doesn't have that much going for it, um, but the main set purple stuff is pretty pretty spicy. Alrighty, so most of the cards that purple aggro plays um, is actually from the main set. So first I'll talk about you know the cards that you should think about playing, and then I'll talk a bit about the late game options, which purple aggro does have a couple of late game options to be honest. 
So things like Bone Scout, too close to reduction, really free spirit, not bad. Um, Netherworld Depths you probably don't play, but you know you still got the the option if you really want that card draw. Boa Trickter, a really really good one, three cost two reduction, so you're playing for one, and it has curse at all levels, so really really solid card. Dark Knight Aglavail, another really solid card, three cost two reduction. Uh, when destroyed, if he has a Soul Coronet, you draw one. Fantastic. Doesn't have a specific timing or anything. You just draw one when when it dies. Um, and level two, it has curse. Pretty solid for two cores. Like that's really really good. Really good value. Um, Camelot Knight, another really solid card. One cost, one reduction. It has curse with a Soul Coronet. Um, so for a spirit to be that cheap and have curse is really 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 good. Um, it lets you trade into things like um, Pegasiron really easily. Um, even though Pegasiron has armor purple, you still can get through with Curse with uh, with Camelot Knights. Um, so really solid card. For a little bit of card draw, um, we play Dark Knight Lancer Cavalier. That is the four cost to reduction that is on summon draw one. Um, unfortunately, this card procs Starbless draw, which is in literally everybody's deck. So it's a little bit unfortunate. Um, but you know you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> um, Beldegore, another really solid one. Uh, this is a card that trades really easily with other aggro decks, so it makes the aggro matchups you know really favorable. It has Immortal, cost four or five, so it can reborn itself when a four or five cost dies. And it's a when summoned, select one of your opponent's exhausted spirits that costs four or less and destroy it. So no limit on the cores, no limit on the BP. If it costs four and it's sus it's suspended, just get it out of there. Um, really, really solid guy. One of my favorite cards in the, the entire game right now. Um, yeah. Moving on, um, Dark Knight Mordred, one of the nice combos with, or like, I, I wouldn't call it a combo, but they sort of come in pairs, him and Beldegore. Um, so Dark Knight Mordred is a five cost, two reduction. So you're playing it for three, which is a little bit hefty. Uh, when summoned, you can drain two, and when it attacks, you can drain one. Um, really solid card. So when it attacks to drain one is level two and three. Um, and yeah, it's 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 sort of an expensive card because you're playing it for three and then to be level two or three, it needs three or five cores respectively, which is a little bit hefty um, for an aggro deck, but that's okay. Another interesting card is Dark Knight Palomides. Palomides, not exactly sure how to say that card. So a four cost one reduction, another one you play for three, a little bit expensive. Um, when it attacks, select one of your opponent's exhausted spirits, you may attack that spirit. So that is level 2 and 3. This is the only card in the game right now that can attack um, exhausted things. It's only it's also the only way to do it at all, like full stop. Like there's no magic that lets you do it, there's no flash that lets you do it, it's just this card. Um, which actually does come up, like quite a bit. Um, a lot of the people that have been playing Battle Spirits for at least a little while, have getting into this false sense of security of when you swing your opponent, um, you swing into your opponent, all your spirits are quote unquote protected because your opponent can't swing into them. So if if people know they are not going to die, they tend to swing everything um, because they know they're not going to lose anything. Whereas this guy can actually be like hit the hit the board. Um, there's no summoning sickness in this game, so he hits the board level two for two cores, which is not bad, um, and swing into something and try and kill it. Um, really, really solid, to be honest. Deadly Balance, another fantastic card. This card should probably be in like everyone's side, not gonna lie. Uh, three cost to reduction, so you're playing this for one. 
Um, your opponent selects one of their spirits, then select one of yours, destroy both. Oh, lordy lord, this card is so good. Especially with Beldegore in your deck, you can kill your own Beldegores, you can kill your own 4 or 5 cost spirits and revive your Beldegores. Really, really solid card. Um, look, I guess I'll talk about Spider Demon. So, Spider Demon is a 4 cost 2 reduction, um, level 1 and 2 when it attacks if it has a Soul Core, drain 1. This is an interesting card because it is demanding that your opponent plays um, in a way that you know might not be beneficial for their deck so for example um when i was at the oceanic launch event i watched a game of white versus purple and the white player started with the um newman city nexus which reduces your cost by three um the purple player did something i don't exactly remember and then the white player played um elk turn two which is something you can do um, the Elk only had one core in it, the Purple player just played Spider Demon, um, swung, and drained the core, and pretty much the Wild player lost the game on the spot, just from that interaction. So, yes, this card can be very good, and you can also just do absolutely nothing. You can play this for two cores, um, put a couple cores on it, swing, and this card can literally do nothing. Drain one thing, and it makes no difference in the game state whatsoever um, if your opponent plays around it. So. You definitely do have to be really careful about this card, how many you want to play, um, you know, how, how often it comes up. Because if you're versing a half-decent player, they will play around this card, and it will feel pretty bad. So, yes. Um, I want to talk about, quote-unquote, the late game um, <laughs> in aggro, which, you know, isn't really a thing. But in purple, there are a couple options for you. So, you can play... Dread Knight Nemesis, which is a 7 cost 3 reduction. It's not too expensive. You're playing this for 4, um, which is, you know, kind of rough, but it has some really solid effects for an aggro sort of deck. When it attacks any level, you can select one of the following. Um, select one of your opponent's spirits, place up to 2 cores from it into the reserve, or draw 2 cards. To activate this, you need to select one of your spirits and destroy it. So what does this mean? It means you swing, target something you control, kill it, and then choose one of those effects. So this comes into, like, it comes in clutch with a lot of things. It com comes in clutch with Beldegore, like I said before. It comes in clutch with um, all your little guys. Um, it can also come in clutch with a lot of protection effects that we'll talk about with um, Meduke. Really solid card. And then level 2 and 3, it says, um, when destroyed, your opponent selects one of their spirits and destroys it. So you can actually play this card, swing, and then target itself. If it's level two, you you'll kill itself. It will get both effects. So it will um, drain something or draw, and then it will also force your opponent to kill something, which is pretty solid. Um, so yeah, this card gives you draw potential, which is otherwise not found in purple like at all, um, other than Cavalier, which is definitely needed. Um, it gives you drain, which you know you sort of already have drain, but you can never have <laughs> enough, um, and it removes stuff. So pretty solid. The other one is Meduke, so I would not suggest you main deck this at all. Um, if anything, you probably side deck both of these into a matchup where you know it's going a little bit late into the game. So Meduke says um, 8 cost, 4 reduction, so you're playing this for 4 as well. Level 1, 2, 3, um, when one of your spirits with curse reduces, oh blood curse, sorry, reduces your opponent's life, place the lost life into the void instead. So you're not ramping them by swinging which is something that aggro decks, you know, are afraid of the most in this game. Like, one of the main problems with playing aggro is, oh, 
look, I can swing at this guy all game, but if I don't kill him, he's just ramping. So Maduke completely removes that from the game. You can swing all you want, and your opponent's not going to gain any more cores. Levels 2 and 3, it has Blood Curse. So when it would be destroyed by your opponent, you may place one core from your opponent's life and one core from the spirit into their owner's trashes to keep the spirit on the field refreshed. So unlike all the aggro decks, all the other aggro decks, this aggro deck can kill your opponent without actually swinging. Um, sorry, no, without actually, you know, making contact with life, you without actually hitting. So you can swing and have your stuff die and still burn your opponent, which is something that I lost to. Um, I think I talked a little bit about it in my last episode. Um, yeah, level three, doing all doing your attack step, all of your spirits with curse, gain blood curse. Now, important, this is only during your attack step. So if you're versing purple and someone has this on level three and you're burning force their two curse units um, in the flash, they will be protected. That's all, like if that makes sense. If, for example, they do a when summon trigger and you have a burst spell that removes the stuff in that when summon in the main space, those spirits will not have blood curse, if that makes sense. A little bit confusing, but yeah. So what's the point of this? This spirit goes obviously really, really well with your um, curse units, whether it be um, your boa trictors or your aglavales or your camelot knights. It's usually camelot knight um, because he's so cheap and good. And it makes it so that if you're getting into the late game and you know you cannot, cannot possibly win anymore, you save your curse units, Play Maduke, put it to level 3, go wide with curse units and start swinging. If they get blocked, your opponent loses the game because they burn. Um, yeah, pretty pretty spicy, I would say. Um, another one, another thing about this is when you're playing aggro, um, one of the main issues is obviously absolute eye shield because you are going to be swinging and if you make your opponent lose life, um, they can ice shield and you know put one back and end the step. So the thing with Maduk is they can still ice shield, but they can't put a life from the reserve back into their normal life because Maduk is burning them into the void. So a lot of people will just by nature um, put all of their cores onto the nexuses and onto the spirits because that's just what we've been told to do. We've been told to, oh, if you have spare cores, just put them on your field. Um, because because it's worth it usually you know you level stuff up, um, y y it makes your cores a little bit more protected, uh, but inadvertently we are forgetting about the fact that absolute eye shield actually needs a core in your reserve and it doesn't usually matter because when you get swung you lose life and it goes to your reserve. But with Maduke it matters a lot because if you don't have that life in the reserve, the life you would usually gain by them swinging is going to the void and you cannot put but one life back into your reserve anymore with absolute eye shield. Um, and it's really, really spicy. It forces you to play really weirdly uh, with cores. So yeah, that is it about um, Purple Aggro. And let's go into some of the matchups, I think. So the matchups for this Purple Aggro deck and Purple Aggro decks like it um, sort of change compared to the other Aggro decks because of it scaling into the late game a little bit better. Um, so not only because of Maduke and um, Dark Knight Nemesis and that sort of thing, but because of the other main deck stuff um, being more mid-rangey. Um, so the uh, the Beldegore and the um, the other guy that five cost two five cost two reduction that drains stuff. Um, those sort of cards make it you know a bit easier to survive in the mid game, but you still don't want to go late game. You're still an aggro deck. 
Um, if you're at that mid game point, it's sort of a, a wake up call to you where it's like, hey, I gotta get my stuff going. I gotta end this game really, really soon. Otherwise, I'm losing. Um, that being said, it it does lose a lot of its early game potential playing those mid rangey cards, um, which is a you know, it, it's a good and a bad thing. Um, right now, a lot of the decks being late game, it doesn't really matter that much. But if you come up against you know vanilla rush or two cost aggro and you don't draw your your you know low cost low to the ground cards. You're pretty much dying, um, especially if you're playing versus someone who knows what they're doing against purple and they're keeping their cores intact. It's going to be pretty rough. Um, that being said, against white, this has a pretty good matchup because of Meduke and Curse. Um, like I said before, those keywords, um, Blood Curse and Curse, really out the defensiveness of white. But yeah, um, overall, purple aggro is pretty good, I would say. Um, I would rank them as red aggro, purple aggro, yellow, then white. Um, or I could actually even put yellow over purple aggro, to be honest. It kind of it kind of depends. We'll get to see how it is. But the thing about purple aggro is it's a little bit harder to pilot than red, white, um, and yellow. Just because of there's a lot of moving pieces that you have to keep in mind of you know your resources as usual but you know core drain what you can and can't core drain when you should um deadly balances stuff like that your builder go triggers it's not super hard stuff to you know actually do but you need to keep in mind that, that all the triggers are you know available um and you you need to make sure you don't miss any of them um but yeah overall my thoughts on aggro in the format right now is that it's it's got a pretty good spot um I would personally say, you know, aggro and control are all both in a really, really good spot. Um, obviously, they are matchup dependent. Um, but if you pick a deck um, out of the aggro decks that you like, there is a good chance that you can win. Um, definitely locals. On a locals level, you can win locals with any of these decks. No doubt about it. And even on a regional level. Um, I'm not sure exactly how well white aggro will do on a regional level. But I do honestly think that um, red aggro is good enough to take the tier one decks on. Purple aggro is good in a very experienced player's hands, and yellow aggro can catch people off guard and really, really, you know, sweep up under the rug um, because people just not, do not expect going wide so easily. Um, and yeah, if you are someone who's just getting into the game, or or love the game already and want people to get into it, um, like your friends or any other um, people that play card games in your store you should probably consider um, giving them an aggro deck um, because they're a lot easier to pilot. Um, th the ceiling can be pretty high depending on if you play um, red or purple. And the designs are pretty cool as well. So yeah, aggro is pretty cool at the moment. Alrighty, now that will probably be all for today's aggro video. Um, next week I'm planning to do combo which will probably cover um, Seawim Nova, Terra Nova, um, it'll cover Michaela, and a couple other combos and stuff that um, that you should probably keep your mind up, or your mind on, sorry, um, when playing in launch events and locals and stuff like that. So please um, let me know if, if there's any suggestions you have for me for the podcast, if you you know you want me to have a co-host or anything like that, I've mentioned it before and I'll probably keep mentioning it. Um, yeah, if you want background music or anything like that, please let me know. Um, 
give me a follow on Spotify, follow me on Twitter at SoulCoreBattleSpirits. Um, and yeah, I hope you have a really good day and stay healthy and stay tuned for next week for the combo episode. Bye-bye.